Hi, everyone. Again, we are here with this new podcast of this new special guest. He is Yasin Hassanian. Yes, that's how you pronounce it, Hassanian? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. That's right. Who is a lighted and rendering research and development artist at Digital Domain? Yasin, first of all, talk to us about your professional career, where you come from, which is very important because your story, your backstory. How was the curve of experience that you have throughout all these years within the industry that you are in right now? And also talk to us about, because we know that you are you were first a freelance CG artist, and now you are working in a huge company as it still remains. Yeah, uh, thanks a lot, guys, for having me. It's a pleasure. Um, that's an interesting question, actually, because um, my journey to um, kind of become an artist was uh, a little uncommon in a way that the, the way I started my career was, um, I, was, I think I was 13 years old and I was always like after recreating my imaginations, trying to come up with ways to do it. And I was like, you know, one of those kids that always wanted to, you know, start making his own dreams and start, you know, thinking of robots or aliens or whatnot and, you know, keep thinking about this stuff. And the only way that I found it was actually through CGI or visual effects. So I was, you know, watching these animations or films and was really amazed how they are able to visualize all those thoughts and imagination. So that made me really interested into pursuing it. So yeah, I was pretty young, like 13 years old. And then I started you know, looking up, you know, what are the applications that are actually going to let me um, do this stuff, make this stuff. And then from that point, um, I found this uh, school. I mean, I started getting like some, any material, learning material that I could find on the market. But because in Iran, there wasn't like, it was not really known back then much. And there was very few options. Like there were a few books and a few like CDs that would just tell you the basics, but that was it. There was nothing more advanced. So I would always like try to get those and learn from them. But then after a while, after a year or so, I found this um, known school. If, if I'm pretty sure you've heard of it. They had like a lot of training materials and I saw it on the market. I was like 50 CDs. And that was to me like the, the hallmark. I was like, for me, I need to get this. I need to get really? these 50 CDs, but I didn't have money because I was, you know, I was in school. So what I, I made a negotiation with my mother. I told her that I'm going to wash the walls in the house and then you give them the money in return so I can, you know, buy this stuff with my friend. So I made a share with a friend of mine who was also interested in learning it. And then I washed the walls, I got the money and I got the CDs. So when I got those 50 CDs and DVDs, I was like, oh, this is crazy. I need to go through all of this. So I started going through them one by one. Even I was like writing them down, like making a book nope. out of whatever I was learning because it was becoming something for me that I wanted to quickly go back into to see if I can I remember, you know, the notes I've taken. I did this for the first year. I finished the, the entire course. And then school was kind of, you know, I was... School was also getting in the way, so I also had to study. It was like uh, middle school. Of course. So after the first year, when we started doing exam, I forgot about half of what I learned the year before. So I had to go through the whole process again for a second time. And this happened for three times. I had to watch them three times until it kind of 
got into me that what the process is like. So since then, I after those two three years um, of my teenage years, I was uh, getting a hold of what it is about and what it can be done. And then afterwards, I'm going to continue, you know, doing tests, trying to learn it and see what uh, what you can do with this, uh, you know, with this uh, with this application or basically this knowledge. So after a few years, um, I started also to kind of try to see if I can find a job somehow, if there's like jobs that would be, um, you know, interested in to uh, recruiting someone from overseas. And then it sounded like that, that there was actually a poss possibility that you can, you know, find people, find those clients from other countries. That where was this, Hasin? Where, mm -hmm. What year was this? It was 13 years ago, probably 14 years oh. ago. Yeah. So then I looked into like different, uh, you know, different platforms. There were CG Society back then that was, you know, the main uh, go-to for every CG artist. And I was always like going there and trying to make personal projects, put it online, even do a lot of works for free. Like, I know this was like a curse for, if you tell it to someone, someone nowadays like, oh yeah, I work for free. <laughs> it was, it is something that you would have, you would go through. There's, there's a point in, um, life that in order to make yourself better, you need to do the stuff. I mean, it's fun. You also learn it. And you also need to only care about what's happening um, after you are doing those projects. So I did a few free projects for a few places here and there. I started, I, one thing that was really important to me was doing the personal projects. For me, that was, because when you do the personal projects, you are really pushing yourself. And for yes. me, yes. I really wanted to make them as best as I could. So I kept, you know, doing personal projects, putting them online, getting feedback, going every other, you know, website, tried to be a creep, like on every artwork, trying to find information. And that kind of um, let me kind of get better over time. And then after like maybe a year or so, I, you know, um, found a job that was, you know, they're interested. They were trying to make it like a trophy. Uh, there was like a studio in Poland, I think. Uh, they just wanted to make a trophy, like a glass trophy, and they wanted to visual do it like a visualization of the model. And that was kind of, I think, the kickstart in doing like a paid job. And afterwards, you know, it kind of get, kept going and going. You know, there were like other possibilities that kept showing along the way like, you know, magazines or, you know, other studios that they wanted to do commercials. So it's kind of like, it ended up becoming a routine. And basically my whole career, most of my career, I was doing remote work that everyone is doing nowadays. Uh -huh. Like everyone working from home, I was doing this pretty much my whole <laughs> life. This is, this is nothing new to me. So I kept doing this and um, it was until uh, a couple of years ago that um, I got involved in the Lanoria project. I don't know if you want to, you know, switch the question, but I can't go mm. into that one as well. Yeah. But you, wh which country you're from? You're I'm from, from Iran. I'm originally from Iran. From? Iran. 
Iran. Okay, yes. yeah, yeah. And oh yeah, that's great. And you moved to Canada a year ago. Yeah, I moved to Canada. I'm, and you I like was... it? Is it is it very cold or? Uh, no, I'm Vancouver. Vancouver temperature is uh, is okay. It's it doesn't get too cold. It doesn't get too hot. I think it's like the only city in Canada that has the you know the <laughs> yeah. Great. But yeah, I'm really enjoying it here. I was supposed to come here, but because I also had to you know do the meter service uh, back in Iran, it's mandatory, and oh. that's the thing. That's the biggest blocker for every guy in Iran to kind of ditch it or somehow skip it. But for me, it was like the same. That was the biggest thing for me that didn't let me, you know, move from the country for, you know, many years. So I, I was finally eventually had to get past it, you know, waste two years off my life. <laughs> <laughs> Be done with it and, you know, make the move. But yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a process that everyone has to go through anyway, so. Sure, sure. That's a real story. So yeah. um, what about Noida, Asin? Tell us a little bit about Noida. What does it mean to be a visual effects supervisor? Lanaria was, I've been involved in many projects, but I would say Lanaria was, uh, or is still the highlight of my career, even though it was a voluntary based project, it was a passion project. Um, the point of it was not getting money or any kind of, you know, advertisement. It was just a bunch of people that were really invested into storytelling or uh, bringing an imagination to life mm -hmm. and <clears throat> see where, you know, how far they can push it. And the idea itself was, um, you know, in, in the beginning it was pretty ambitious. Carlos Buena, who was like the director, he, he has a pretty awesome history um history in his career he was like um you know he's been at pixar for 10 years and then um, in order to actually also work on this film he quits pixar after 10 years to be able to continue work uh, to focus on the project and when i uh he actually kind of inspired me because i also did the same i also quit my job to, <laughs> you know focus on that area and it started um in a very interesting way. Um, in the beginning, they were um, looking for, after one year, they started um, their production. I think it was in 20, early 2011. Um, they started looking into shading artists, servicing artists. So I found them and I reached out to them and uh, they said, yeah, yeah, come join us. Uh, it would be awesome uh, to work together. So I joined them and started just doing shading. And but because I was really like into the film and it was so mesmerizing to me, I just wanted to you know keep helping them, like coming up with different you know ideas or whatever I could to you know help the project uh, proceed faster. So eventually, I you know became like the VFX on the on the film. But I would say it was like a very natural process. I was. Really, I mean, all of us, they were trying to, um, you know, make it, bring it to life somehow, even though there was like difficulties. People, we were doing Zoom. We were doing this Zoom like 10 years ago, <laughs> eight years ago. <laughs> and everyone on the team was, um, it, most people were, they're voluntary based. So they were putting their own time onto this really? film. For how long? How many years did it take? It took us eight years. Wow. 
It took us eight years. That's why you have the gray hairs, but <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Um, but, I mean, but I mean, you, you, you just quit your job, started working in this project, uh, and then you came back to do other things, or it was a full-time? I was once in a while, I was still taking a few freelance jobs, but my main focus was Lanario. I wanted to put my main focus, no matter how long it takes. I was really enjoying it. It was such a joy for me to be part of it. And because I could really see from early on that this has a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to make sure that we are doing it the right way. So, yeah. and also my parents, uh, luckily they were supporting me financially. So um, thanks to them, <laughs> I was also able to actually, you know, work <laughs> on it while, you know, have much of an earning. Yeah, so. when I saw the trailer of the, well, the trailer and then I saw the the short film, at the beginning it was like a scary movie and I'm like, oh no, those monsters. And then I saw the, that very close and special intimacy between the son and the father that was very touching. And I loved, I, I loved that part, the final part, I loved it. And I would like to ask you, I mean, you, when you saw the, the part of the La Noria, you watch the script and you watch the project, you see it. And that was like the key element to be part of the project. Like you were passionate about being part of this because you saw the script and the project and the director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You definitely, when I joined the film, it was like, um, you know, after less than a year that I started the project officially. So they had like a layout, initial layout. There was a script, there was a story. Um, that, you know, you could go through and see what is available. And those were enough for me to get me hooked onto the project because <laughs> even there were like early sound designs, like all the way from the beginning that they were like pretty much all pretty close to, you know, what you see in the final film. Okay. So yeah, there, there was a lot of, you know, uh, uh, preparation, even the pipeline that we had, um, there was no other solution back then to do remote collaboration. Mm-hmm. The only thing, because um, Carlos was also co-founder of Animation Mentor, we had the backing of them. So Animation Mentor has a uh, had a, let's say, um, platform called uh, Animation Mentor Pipeline, which we call AMP. That was like our main thing to distribute work to every artist and to you know manage shots manage tasks and for us um, you know we had to start from pretty much no experience into working on this scale of production into building like a full scale um, you know pipeline that was letting us you know do stuff in a correct way mm-hmm. to make sure that things are being done and there was also the uh, think about you know managing managing time zones because everyone is like was in different countries. We had people from all over the world, so we were trying to you know always um, make things work for every person. And yeah, and so it was a very Carlos must have been a great leader to just to keep everybody inspired. You need to be you need to be uh, what do you say? Um, you need to be able to kind of get along with people and also be really respectful of their time because because you're not really uh, it's, a, it's a voluntary project you can't really force them to do something you would basically put it on the table that this is what we have this is what we need to do 
if they will if they want to you know do it then they will you know find their way around it and fortunately we were like literally blessed that all the crew they were like super nice people and they all were also passionate about it so we didn't really you know we just wanted to focus on this and you know come up with ideas even though it took us forever we you know <laughs> we got super old during this but it was like amazing like even the time that we finished the film we couldn't actually believe it that it's actually finished because you know i was the one that i just wanted to keep working on it for me it was just a pure joy yeah the, even though it was like yeah yeah, yeah. stop yeah. it <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'll and then carlos um, was like we need to finish the film <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> Great. Now, Hasin, I would like to, to ask you about digital domain, right? But before doing that, um, after eight years, and of course, that there, there has to be a lot, of, uh, a lot of support, but at the same time, everybody must be very proud and happy about the project because it's an amazing project. And for everybody that is watching this podcast, please go to La Noira. I mean, it's, it's great. You got to see it. But Hasin, what what are the advantages that came along after La Noida? Uh, how did La Noida help everybody in the team? Oh God, um, I learned a ton from this. A ton. Like every day for me was a learning process, from creative aspects to technical aspects. It was like covering the entire spectrum of what the production would be like, managing, you know. Um, everything, it, it contained everything for me that the visuals were, were there, the storyline were there, the team, the teamwork was there. All of those was helping me or actually letting me, you know, understand the production even more. And it became like such a valuable source for me. And I think it was pretty much like that for, I would say, at least from what I'm thinking, it was for most people that were um, kind enough to help us on the project. Because um, we, you know, you couldn't really expect someone who is jumping on board to help you with such a project that hasn't been done in this way before to know what they should do. So for them as well, I mean, you need to have some sort of a documentation. We had like, like a wiki, Wikipedia for documentation that was like a lot of pages that, um, we made sure that has all the information that we could put in there so that it makes it easier to distribute it to everyone who is joining the team. Um, but yeah, uh, that's that's what I would say. It was just a ton of... Um, experience. Uh, experience, experience, yeah. yeah. And has, has it opened any door whatsoever? Has it oh, yeah, uh, increased right the opportunities in your careers? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, the main reason, one of the main reasons that I'm actually here is because of that project that I'm in, you know, I'm doing what I'm doing today because it's a very, um, uh, let's say, uh, effective um, material. And even um, the director himself, Carlos, is actually right now directing a film for Paramount Pictures, which is wow. going to come out like uh, hopefully next year. I mean, with COVID, you don't know what they <laughs> like anymore. But uh, yeah, I mean, it opened a lot of doors for us. We had um, multiple team members that, um, you know, use the 
we're able to get other job offers, go to different places. So it's, um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of in other sense, when you look at it, you spend all this time on a project. There's always like, there's not just that time that you're spending, there's going to be aftermath and the aftermath can be, um, you know, can be usually positive if you are doing something that's actually valuable. Excellent. Now, what about digital domain? Why don't you talk to us about that? So I joined Digital Domain uh, a year and a half ago. So far, um, I joined the, uh, the company as Lightning Rendering Research and Development. Um, for me, it's like a mix of both uh, doing creative tasks and also technical tasks. Because I, that's how I get myself um, interested uh, you know, in working. I like coming up with solutions, come doing like programming, developing. I also really enjoy the artistic aspect of it. So um, I first, um, my first project at DD was uh, Black Widow. And interestingly, that, that show did need a lot of um, uh, technical stuff. And also I was doing the lighting, doing like the creative stuff. Um, that was Pretty fun. And since then, um, I kind of started doing that. And I've, in a few projects, uh, I became the lighting lead on uh, a few projects after that. And right now, um, working on Fantastic Beast 3. Oh, well, I love that movie. Fantastic oh, yeah. Beast. Yeah. Nice. I loved it. It's great. Um, yeah, we do have a few team members that are super stoked for that as well. <laughs> great. Hasin, uh, what about the future of BFX? Uh, mm-hmm. do, you see, do you see it um, very much attached to Unreal Engine? I see that uh, it's starting to get there, especially with Unreal Engine really putting stuff out there almost on a regular basis. And everyone, every single of them is like jaw dropping. I personally haven't had a chance to play with it, even though I, I really wanted to. But I can definitely see that it's gonna make a big impact. There's all the productions that are happening that are just real time. I, it's funny. I was talking to a friend of mine who was uh, uh, who is about to make a short film, and he's putting a team together. And we were discussing the solutions that we would have for um, the pipeline and where to render it. And we were like, "Yeah, why don't we just?" use unreal because that's real time it's free why what's not there and the even the look of the project is like a stylized it doesn't require any like high-end uh vfx effect it's just like a stylized cartoony that's like the perfect option for it you don't really have to spend tons of money on rendering resources exactly. you just have exactly. to have like a you know proper working pipeline and you can just feed it, whatever you need, and that's going to give you the material in real time. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And talking about real engine and the certification that we know by Boutique, the new school are promoting, what will be the inspiring words that you will give to the students and professionals who are willing to learn new softwares and this software specifically, and apply also to companies like Digital Domain or other ones? What would you say to them to be that inspiration, that passion? Yeah, as long as you, I mean, I told you my story. For me, it was just a passion. I didn't really care about what it's going to need. I just wanted to have the passion. I'm sure it's like that for everyone as well. 
if you want to learn something, then it doesn't matter how hard it is, you're going to do it. You just need to, you know, follow it step by step, even though the learning curve might be different from application to application. And it's also remember to note that it's not the application that does the job for you. You can do something with any application. It's your passion, it is time that you put into it, and also, you know, being into it to um, make a decision to actually try to figure it out. When you do it, then that's going to become some, something for you that you're going to understand that's going to be applicable to any application that you are working with. With Unreal Engine, there's a ton of materials online. There's a ton, there's schools. Um, there shouldn't be any issues in learning that. It should be just, you know, putting your time, making, setting your mind into, you know, I need to do this in this period of time. I'm going to do whatever I can and just circle back to it after like that period of time, see how much you learned and just, you know, keep track of it, continue doing it. And um, there's one thing that I also suggest doing is you may fail at finding like a solution, but during your failures in playing with an application, you always see different new things that you were not supposed to see at that time, but those, all of those are gonna come in handy for you later. They may not be handy for you right now, but maybe in next few weeks you will see them and, oh, this I know how to do this. I did this by mistake like a couple of weeks ago and I can use that to my advantage. We thank you very much for this time, Jasin, and for everybody that's watching this podcast, we have a new friend. So uh, thank you very much. <laughs>